Hello everybody, this is Chini Imagine Podcast, brought to you by Impact Africa Network. This week we have part two of last week's podcast with the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah? Okay. I've got bad nicknames for this dude right here. <laughs> Young Kenju, aka Young... What can I call you now, Yanni? No, Young no. everything. But, <laughs> no, you know, but you know your nickname is my Kenyan Jamie. <laughs> Jamie <laughs> Fox, eh? in the building. <laughs> Yeah, he's always stepping up to me and, and making these Jamie like comments. Dude, by the way, just just take a take a good look. This guy is Jimmy Fox the Pugano. Don't put me in the spot. Anyway. Anyway. So we got Young Kenji back on the hot seat to just kind of cap last week's podcast, which was uh, pretty awesome, uh, fun recording that. And we'll just continue where we left off. So <clears throat> a couple of things that I thought would be important to cover is uh, you know, dig into a little bit of your experience you know, going through founding a company and, and, and building that out and then exiting from the company and all that. So uh, you, have, you have a ton of experience to share uh, with, with the audience of entrepreneurs who are kind of in the process of going through the same thing or, uh, or doing that type of stuff. So number one is structure, right? And I guess the first question would be, where would you suggest people um, incorporate? Hmm. This is very controversial, but for me, <clears throat> what I've seen as something that works well has been Delaware. I find Say that again? A Delaware. Mm-hmm. And this is because if you do like good research, you'll end up seeing that majority of the money or the funds come from the US. From the US, yeah. So if majority of your, of your investors are coming from the United States or... Well, that's people are familiar with that, yeah. then it makes sense for you to do a Delaware uh, entity, which is sort of structured and has the right instruments that, you know, you don't need to like restart. Everything is already defined and it's very easy to do that. You know, you go to sites like clarky.com or Stripe Atlas, incorporate, and it's easy. So if you want to do vesting, if you want to do SOP, if you want to do all those type of um, you know instruments, yeah. it's sort of easier. Now, a great friend of mine normally talks about cap table dynamics, and and define what, or, what a cap table is or, or, or cap table acrobatics. You know, <laughs> because maybe, maybe we, we define what a cap capitalization table. What, yeah, what is that? basically, what a cap table is is you know capitalization table, and this is essentially the percentage of allocation of ownership in a company. Right. So if let's say I am a founder or two founders own the company, let's say they have 50-50% ownership of the company. If an investor comes in, what part of the cake do they take? So the cap table or capitalization table shows who, who, owns, who owns what. In now what happens is when investors come in, in different rounds and exits and you know, as you start taking money and add more people to the, it adds a level of complexity. And when you've, let's say, incorporated in Kenya, you have the laws that are Kenyan. Now, when you get an American investor or you get a, an investor from another place, then, you know, it now creates this dynamic because you don't know, okay, so what, do they own this part of the company or that other part of the company? So I found um, where you incorporated might actually <coughs> be a friction or an acceleration to the money that you're getting. So you might not know it, but it might be a hindrance um, when you're trying to fundraise. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, fundraising, I'm struggling, but maybe probably it's because of where you're, where you're domiciled. Right. 
No, yeah, that's that's a good point. <clears throat> Next thing is is really about like governance, right? Um, yeah. And 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 what that actually means, and maybe maybe even if you can, I don't know, uh, talk a little bit about what your experience was with your own uh, governance structure or lack thereof at yeah. the startup you're doing. Uh, uh, lessons learned. However, you want to approach this. I mean, what I'll say is that in my experience. Um, experience firsthand and also seeing other companies go through this. I mean, it's a repeated problem that I've seen, not with just one company, but with multiple companies that I meet. Great team, great founders. Um, but then now when it comes to pivotal changes or making a decision that affects the direction of the, the, direction of the company, yeah. then there becomes a problem mm -hmm. because someone doesn't know, I, is he trying to take over the company? Um, there's a classic book written called Founder's Dilemma and it talks about you know how you know two classic fabrics do you want to be rich do you want to be king right and so one of the founders might want to be rich and for him maybe for him it's about let me get all the resources to make us successful so he's not uh, afraid to invite him, people to yeah you know come join the journey we're gonna do it together he's not afraid to share bits of the part of the company and the cake then you have the king mentality where that person wants control. They wanna, mm -hmm. they wanna, they wanna maintain control of the vision, of the mission. They wanna go at their pace. They wanna do that, and it's really good to know quickly which type of a founder or which type of a founder or your partner is in the company. If you are, if this is a co-founder situation, also it's also good to know as an employee joining a startup, what type of fabric is the founder? Is are they the king or do they have a king mentality or do they have rich mentality, right? And that now you know because everybody is incentivized in a different way, right? And so understanding that um, quickly, I found helps you know. Um, okay, this is the type of person I'm working with, how do I navigate this situation? So if they are king, then you know, okay, this is how I'm supposed to. It's just about adapting to the situation and seeing, is this what I want and this is what I... Now, talking about that, um, once you know that, the next thing is like, okay, how do we approach tough conversations, right? Um, how do we do a cadence of our board meeting? How do we set the direction of the company? How do we set the goals? How do we measure performance? How do we do that? Majority how do you make time, decisions? How do you make decisions and how do you also project the trajectory or the roadmap that you're following? Because most of the time when you're starting out, you're doing a lot of experiments. There's a lot of chaos. Right. Idea comes, execute. Go do it. <laughs> Idea comes, execute. You know, I meet a lot of guys who are like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do it. You know, it's just do it, just do it, just do it. Which works in the early stage, but then they are reached a time where you've done a lot of things but then you need to take a step back and have a strategy. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, analyze, okay, what have we learned? What, and so what the step that I see people missing is the retrospective. What have we learned? What, and every time people bring that up, some people take it as an attack or, you know, don't take it the right way. Or, and sometimes it's about being honest about yourself. The business is not working. We've tried so many things. We put in money. We're frustrated. We're flustered. And we need to address the big, you know, this strategy is the not elephant working. In the, room. the elephant in the room. So, so let's, let's take a step back. So one, one thing I hear you talking about here is values alignment, right? Exactly. King, rich versus king. This is a very, very important thing. It's very important. Understanding the way your co-founder or the person who's leading the company you're about to join is wired. Yeah. What makes them tick? It is critically important for you to understand the environment you're going in. Exactly. It's almost because 
it's almost like a, you could analogize it to like a, a parenting in a very real sense, yeah, yeah. right? And so, I don't know, in my view, I would rather work for somebody who wants to be rich and has a big vision or at least married to the vision in it as opposed to somebody who wants... Is it control more than just... It's a very I interesting know. thing. I don't know. I mean, we see people that have like a, a sort of like king mentality and they've succeeded. So I don't think there's like... But they're outliers as well. They knew that... Give me an example who, who you think has a king mentality who has, who has succeeded. I don't know. I'll say maybe Elon Musk. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know from what I read... I don't know, but like... But he invites people to participate in the cake. I mean, I don't think... Uh, uh, so we have to win. We have to it, win. I think it depends on the type of business that you're trying to do. Uh, you see like family businesses. Those are king so businesses. Like, yeah, those are king businesses. <laughs> they're like, Here's my view on this. Know, they're like, by the way, this business, this is how I run it. <laughs> so, you with your, uh, ideas. with your ideas, please just go back. <laughs> yeah, I know how to run my business, and that's a traditional. And, and, that's that's a traditional from. way. Yeah, but then if you're trying to build a global business, it's gonna. Watch, no, no, no. Let me. Let's not even get, get to global. That. Let's not even get to because yeah. global is very few businesses go global. I think what this is, in my view, is if you're trying to build an innovation-driven business that has a complex, that has a software element to it, has a com some complexity to it, where you need talent. Exactly. You cannot be a king mentality. They don't. They are diametrically opposed. Because people are wired differently. Not even that. Because people are wired differently is true. But you will need other people at the table smarter than you in a different dimension. Exactly. You need help. You need help. You don't know everything. One of my mentalities is like, I don't need to know everything. I just need to know the right things to get the job done. Period. And, and have need, other people. And I want to trust. And I want to create. And if you want to create a high trust environment. Um, or a high-performing environment, you need to create a high-trust environment where these, you know that you trust the people to do the job. If they, you hold them accountable. If they don't deliver, you also ask, understand why didn't they deliver? And if it's something that was um, probably out of their control, then maybe you can have a negotiation. If it was something that they really slacked off about performance, then maybe you cut them out. But they know that, hey, I, I, you know, clear. I came out short. Right. They're so clear. I, I, need, I, I need to leave. The way I like to think about this is this. Uh, right now, I'm not a first-time entrepreneur, but majority of the times, and I like to use the analogy of parenting. If you have like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have kids. I'm, I'm, I'm not yet married. But like, what I've, I listen to someone who explain this and use this analogy and say like, when you have your first kid. You're not prepared. You don't know. You know, you're like, hey, how do we do the nappies? How do we do this? How do we do that? Everything is an emergency. Everything is an emergency. <laughs> you're, you know, you're in chaos and the likes. And that is how, when you do your first business, it's like, you know, you go above and beyond. You, you know, you, you don't know the limitation. Now, the first kid teaches you a lot of lessons. When the second kid comes in, uh, you already know the rules. You're cool running. When the kid is crying, crying, uh, crying, you, you just leave in the code. Uh, you know what? I'm not getting stressed. <laughs> you know? Or I'm not going to do this. So, like, you have a certain experience and it sort of shapes how you're going to raise the second. Right. So, you find that the first, second, third kid, or fourth kid have a very different experience and you also learning because now you have a data point. Right. You have real experience. Now, when you're starting your first company, the only data point you have is Google. 
you're reading, 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 you know? YouTube. But like once you got in your second kid or you're doing this, you have a reference point, you're like, hey, I tried this, it didn't work. Um, maybe I could try another thing. And they're like, and each of them has a different um, effect on the person you are. Some people end up becoming, if they are lucky, end up having this mentality that, oh, I don't need to, I just, I believe in myself and I don't need to listen to people. So it makes them differently. Some people are like, wow, especially people who are like fail, 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 and they grow. They have a different mindset where they listen a lot and they, you know, it, it shapes people very differently. And that's like a very important factor to see that you can't have like the same type of founders in your lives, but there are some unique things that come out. You know, get the job done, um, you know, be aligned. Be transparent. Be transparent, accountability. That is no agendas, things yeah, of that nature. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about how that aligns to, to governance, right? And, yeah. And this is one of the things that it's it's so interesting because governance is supposed to provide stability yeah. to a company and transparency and so on and so forth, so that people don't get in their feelings, right? They can kind of uh, you have a board, you have um, somebody, uh, you have. A, I guess an entity that you're accountable to. The board can have in investors who put money into the company. Some can be observers. Uh, it will also be considered to some of the founders. So when you are going through your, your your experience, how are you guys set up? Did you have? Mm, yeah, we did have like a board, um, an advisory board, and we also had. So you can have an advisory board. Did you have a governance a, kind of like structure uh, or not? We we had it, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was well thought about the way if I was doing it the second time I wanted to be mm. but we, we did have a way so how where we you, sat how, and talked about right. some issues and made the decisions way forward okay right? so how would you suggest people structure think about how they structure governance from the beginning right like like what would you do different just what would I do things. different if I based on what I've seen in the lights and I would have like a quarterly board meeting and who would you have on your board first First, I'll have like the shareholders, the founders, mm -hmm. if they're free, mm -hmm. and then we will pick, let's say, someone who um, either is angel investor or someone we really trust, and you know, trust and understand respect. our type. Of, yeah, respect everybody in the everybody there respects that person. And another thing is, do they also understand the business and do they have time for us to you know grow this type of business? Is this something that they are willing to do? And also, you want someone who's experienced, who who can act as a neutral party to sort of, they've seen this scenario. The conflicts yeah, or whatever the conflicts that come up, misunderstand. Or, yeah. or just, not, not so much conflicts, but just impasse. Right? Yeah, like yeah. People have different opinions on what should happen. Especially if they have a lot of board experience and mm. they like your company and they want to give back and grow with you guys. It's normally like a very, very good thing because I feel like a lot of... We don't have that experience in our ecosystem. Uh, in ex like we don't have so many people that have that type of experience, and so I'm happy to see we have we are having like a certain type of com uh, companies being built, and these founders are now being exposed to being part of the board, and soon these these founders that have this experience then will now be the board members of new startups that right. come up. So. Um, Comparing like five years back, six years back, that experience wasn't there. So no, it's even as a general. founder, you don't know how to handle yourself in a board meeting and all that. But then now, as we keep you know building this global business, you know we're seeing 
companies that are coming up that are more so the experience is expanding yeah. we're scaling up the experience yeah. so yeah. we will have more better corporate structures and governance structures. Awesome. so what was the effect of not having what are some of the effects of not having a good board that you've seen or that you've experienced mm-hmm. a good board structure in, or in my experience what i normally see when that one what happens is one people are not having the crucial conversations um, that are deep things one are swept normal, in, yeah things are swept things are just being swept swept you know things such as ownership of the company um, direction strategy things about strategy um, things about fundraising the deals the type of investors we're getting you know and when that is not clear it sort of causes this friction friction or unrest or uncomfort lack of trust lack of trust so it messes with the trust you know trust equation right. And then now when things become low trust, everything Ooh, you do, is, even if it's of good intent, is questioned, yeah, is yeah, misinterpreted. Yeah, People yeah. are like, oh, I don't trust this guy. Yeah. I don't trust this guy. And when you have that, you know, that's the recipe to, to just yeah, yeah. broken relationship. Any relationship, if yeah. there's no trust, it's yeah, not going to last. And mm-hmm. so if that happens between your founder and in, you know, all your colleagues, or even your employees don't trust you, you know, so, you're not going to have a company mm-hmm. there in, in a few times. So you're mm-hmm. going to have, and one of the big effects is you find people leaving companies, right? And then teams now start... Disintegrating. Teams become dysfunctional. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's a risk. And you've, you've, you've experienced that firsthand, based on what I know. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I'll say... Um, at least you've seen people go through that. I have, I have seen a lot, especially... Um, in the one year that I, you know, like two years where I was involved, like with Launchpad and giving back and meeting so many companies, like about two, 250 companies in that period, like you will talk, 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 next thing you hear, founders left. That is like part. new, right? Yeah, and yeah. So 60%, they say on average 60% or a study that was done by some guys, uh, at 60% this is founders of, dilemma, guys. It's actually not, it was somebody else, but 60% of the reason why companies fail, and maybe it's people, took, problems. It's people problems, it's actually leadership team problems, dysfunction, as well as we said, yeah. um, and people really underestimate that. One of the most uh, mis-underreported uh, anecdotes or, or, or facts is the fact, is, is the one that there was this guy in, in the Bay Area, it was called, he, he was, it's almost like a godfather of the Bay Area in terms, in a good way, um, Bill Campbell. Yeah. The late, yeah, the late, Bill late Cam- Cam- the, the late Bill Campbell. So this guy mentored almost everybody, right? Who's anybody in the Bay Area, right? So he was Steve he was Jobs. Called, he was, yeah, he was Steve Jobs' coach. So he was called the coach. Yeah. And you know when you, because you can look at people like Steve Jobs or take your pick, right, and say, man, these people don't need a coach. Like he is the man. But what happens behind the scenes is what ma- what makes a difference. There, there was one. There was one particular story. Uh, a Bill Campbell story that I liked. Um, I was reading uh, Measure What Matters by John Doerr, and um, there was this particular scenario where Eric Schmidt was part of Apple's board, right? And uh, and Bill Campbell was also, I think, mentoring Eric Schmidt or Larry and Sergey. I don't know, but I can't. I I don't have like the picture. But what happened was um, Steve was very mad about Google. Oh, okay. Now I remember. Bill Campbell was part of both boards, and then Android launches just after iPhone, and um, uh, Steve is very mad, goes to Bill, and then he says, hey, please don't put me in a situation to make a choice, because you know, you wouldn't like the choice I make. 
So he was very honest and was, was so respected that he could coach rival companies at the same time and even hold them at bay and make them you know equilibrium because it was all about we want to have successful companies and, and you see, know you know you, and you see thinking, many companies just working together you know that's right. something i've seen so check this out Valley, the layering of companies and partnerships and all that so check this out yeah that dude got to silicon valley in his 40s no way he was completely midwest or different industry he got to, and I think it was through Intuit or some other company, but he got in, in his 40s. Yeah. Yeah? That tells you something. Experience matters, right? It matters. <laughs> it's, it's the real deal. <laughs> and now we're in this, generally, in this world where we think uh, it's just young people who are building companies. Dude, the result of young people building companies is the Facebook problems we've had with elections and all this mess, right? It's because young people who had not what some whatever were given unlimited power and um, it will have effects and there's so many um, untold stories that things that happened behind the scenes like you've talked about you know <clears throat> um, where you need that person who you respect you need that yeah adult in the room so to speak it, it is it is quite important it's very important we've seen I think if you look at the innovation uh, Sometimes age matters, it doesn't matter. I don't know, it's how, it's how you want to look about it, it's the perspective. We've seen companies that have been built by 19 year olds, 18 year olds, 20 year olds that become amazing, massive. We've seen companies- But, but, but what is that, so here's the thing. The so, Facebook, the Google, the Twitter, but, but let me the Mixpanel. So so hold like on, hold on. Young, ambitious people. Right, but let's, what, let's make the point, the point here. Yeah. I'm just reading the Google book right now. Yeah. Okay. When Google was this crazy place in the beginning, they were doing all kinds of stuff and they were just growing. You see, growth will cure everything. <laughs> you can be a totally dysfunctional team, but growth <laughs> is good. Right? There's no escaping growth. <laughs> you, you can't mess up. And once, and once you get money from these investors, my friend, accountability, you gotta, you have to start. So you know, that, so, so you know that what, brings structure. Right. And so you know what had to happen? Uh, John Doe, you're talking about John Doe. John Doe, part of his whole goal was to bring an adult into the situation at Google. And Eric Schmidt ended up being the guy, right? And when that happened, it created structure, like you said. Uh, it didn't kill the structure vibe. The chaos. Structure within the chaos. Yeah. So it structured the chaos in a real, very real sense. But net of it, I think if you really look at, at, across the board, man, I don't know, man. Like, you will not find too many companies examples who outside of an adult in the room have become big and scale even if they're in their background even if they're in a bell campbell role they will lack something they will lack something will dude lack. that's and not everyone has the luxury of getting a bill campbell and all that what i normally say is just try and find people try and reach out to people that have some experience you know some especially like corporate corporate people that, you know, have been let's say in corporate for a while and you know, they're they're used to like the boards. Or at least they've been part of growing a company. Yeah, especially at a certain stage and I think one of the key things that I ended up learning is just understanding which stage of the 
building of a company you are in? Are we in the innovation product market phase? Experimentation Are, are we in the experimentation phase? Are we in the what, phase? what is required there? Right, right. Um, and in the next 24 months, how do we transition into growth? And that needs a different animal on it. So, in, you know, there's also another. So you, you see companies going through cycles and you want to ensure that you have the right skill set for that cycle. And Resources, like, right? And skill set and resource. And mindset. Skill set and resource. The and right mindset, right. yeah. yeah. So don't try and start doing, uh, I don't know, high growth and you've not even got in product market fit. Like, just go and talk to your customers and understand this product. Don't start doing like massive, you know, marketing content. Like don't mix the steps. Like yeah, market, just go. That's another big problem. Right? I Where always people see think, people do like marketing. Marketing. Marketing is the answer. You it's know, the answer to everything. Problem, and, it's, which is and, so crazy. and if you are familiar with the pirate metrics, marketing only just works on awareness, which is the first part, and acquisition. And you might have acquisitions, but are you, but having, then, conversions are you, are you having conversion? And are you having retention? Uh, retention? Yeah. And then is that retention adding to revenue? Right. So then if you're looking at your strategy, then okay. So if you're spending, let's say, 60% of the resources we have on marketing, is that the right thing to do? You know, and uh, uh, what are we doing? Are we spending time on this retention and uh, conversion rates? Yeah. You know, and a lot of time you hear people talk about, oh, we have a million users, we have that, but like, I think the most important metric is like, what's your conversion rate and what's the churn and, you know, and what's the retention rate? Those are the metrics that you should say, oh, we are having like, let's say, 90% retention. That okay. There's something about this business. It's right. touching a core fundamental thing. But I I like an analogy that a great friend or mentor um, mentioned was every house has a back door. So every people will be entering, but they will also be coming out. They'll also be coming out. with your retention. That was, that was interesting. And retention is also across, you know, uh, even your employees. Employees. A lot of people don't look about that. So you just see turnover of employees. So there's actually a fundamental problem in that company yeah, or something. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's good. Um, so I guess, you know, as we kind of draw to a close here, because this is going to be a short one, we're just augmenting the last podcast. A couple of things I always ask people, and you know, what, what's your vision 2030 for Silicon Savannah, right? Where do you see us? What is the possibility for our ecosystem um, in, by 2030? At least your, your version of it. That's a, that's a tough question, but I'll try and, uh, I think we, we had a rough discussion about this, but the way I see it, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, a, a, this is my thought process, I'm looking at a couple of factors. I'm looking at, one, uh, human capital um, in terms of skill sets. Talent so, and stuff. Uh, yeah. Talent, so I'm looking at type of developers we have, type of founders we have, um, That that's the first thing. I'm also looking at the resources, like... Uh, sorry, capital. So first is human capital, talent, and then the second financial one I'm looking capital. at is the financial, the financial instruments that are now available. Uh, you know, if I want to start a company now, do how how fast can I raise a hundred k to start hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars to to implement my idea? Can I actually get it with a couple of my friends, and we start doing this thing? That's that's the second thing. I'm also looking at. Um, the type of policy or environment that we're operating in and infrastructure stuff so payments is it an online business like are those things enabling being, are those en- ecosystem is, yeah, is it products, an enabling, services you know, and 
I can say that now, like in this this decade that we are in right now, that we're about to enter. This one we're, we're coming from. Or this is where we're, we're coming from. The, the, this is now the teens. 2010 to 2020. 2020. You know, payments. We've seen a big improvement in payments. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen a big improvement in logistics. You know, the gocadas and all this. Uh, Trying to, you know, they, they, we've seen like a lot of innovation going to right, that part. Right. It's not the same. Okay. Right. You know, right. we've seen Investment the like yeah. We've seen the like, and those are like fundamental problems that are being addressed. Right. Then we've seen the rise of more capital coming in. Right. Some is local, some is DFI, some is like from Silicon Valley, but we're starting to see more money now start to look at the continent. Mm-hmm. Then we've seen the likes of Adela, Moringa, we've seen like more African developers. That Jenga are, schools soon to be yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. We've seen like more developers actually coming out of this um, program. So human capital people. has been... And a good validation is, <clears throat> it's not just like, African standard developers, world class. Like we're seeing a sort of Africans actually going to Europe working. That's validation that actually we are producing world class talent. I think the question is how do we not let them here. go here, let, let, let them just stay here stay or leave here, go and come back? Right? Um, or at least make it um, so exciting for them to, to, for them to come back because they'll also come back with more knowledge. And so when you have human capital and your resources and people, are being ex- and people are being exposed to ideas I think and people are also addressing some fundamental problems such as power, doesn't renewable energy and all that and you're seeing some growth in those things hmm, 2030 I am actually seeing that we are going to have a different type of surge of innovation and we're going to be in a different level because I remember, like, it was around 2010 that we started, I have started. The, the companies that were building the 2000, between 2010, the cellular and 7Cs, we've seen what they have accomplished. They accomplished that in, like, with little resources. Companies in the 2000 are, like, the Africans talking, you know, they are, like, in a massive footprint and all that. So, you know, the possibilities are actually becoming bigger, be- and, bigger. bigger and bigger. And better. And so we can basically build better companies yes. faster faster right uh and more profitably so to speak and more profitably so this is so what's so what, what do you well that's it i mean for me we would have a, what do you call a, you know every time i would go and meet these founders they'll always talk about how they struggled how they were broke how they you know we wouldn't have i normally call it struggle porn sorry <laughs> for that but like we won't have more struggle porn mm. such as that like the ecosystem we, yeah, will be much more it's much more flexible it's like supporting. how you you just hear like someone has started a company in like San Francisco in like six, eighteen months, six, twelve months. Man, they're on TechCrunch. Boom, they already have Series and A. A, very, going through. Yeah, and there's a very sequence. We'll process. have more slacks. Right. There's yeah. a more sequence process from seed to Series A to yeah, Series. Yeah. And, and 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 those are just proxies for the way a company is performing. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, so the way I like to say it is anyway. And, and, I'm, I'm, I'm completely a believer in this. I'm really excited about the decade we're getting into mm-hmm. because all the, uh, the tailwinds, right, the conditions on the ground are speaking to uh, a, a new reality where, and it is so exciting because I, 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 I liken this to the potential impact in terms of social, economic, and even political change yeah. because we will have more people who have more 
what I call agency, self-determination, controlling their own des destiny, without being co-opted into this, um, how do I call it, this infrastructure of corruption, of doing things in a certain old school way. Yeah. Because the narrative right now, and I think the, the narrative right now is because, oh, for you to actually have a shot or make it or whatever, you have to kind of play a certain game. But I think that narrative holds because also successful people build businesses in an entrepreneurial, in an entrepreneurial space don't talk about it. They don't talk. They don't talk about it. They just execute. They, they, so this is, <laughs> the problem with this is you're not going to, you're going to have one, a one-story society. That's bad. I don't, listen, at the end of the day, you know, why are we here? What, what are we doing? Because all of us are not going to be here. We're not living this place alive. What legacy are we leaving behind? And you hear all the time, like what you're talking about, the old school, this is my business, and you know, you, you, you hear all kinds of stories from bankers about legacy issues, transition issues, the young generation of those families not wanting to do those businesses, and those businesses falling apart. So for me, I look at, I look at this as more of a broader picture, is how can our society be better? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the whole game, right? Game. And I think that's been robbed from, people don't have any faith anymore in that. A shared story, a destiny as a people, where we are going, what we can accomplish. The problem with having a mindset that is kind of like, man, I just got to take care of myself and do my thing, it is diametrically opposed to innovation because innovation is a shared thing. Your whole story is really about how you went and shared. You've built your... Everything about me has been about sharing about and sharing. collaborating. It hasn't been like, oh, it's about Ken and all that. And I have like this thing I tell people, like alone you go X and then with community and sharing you go 10X. Because when you start talking to people, you're out there, you're talking, you're sharing, okay, this is what I'm all about. You have shared vision. People know this. It's so easy for you to grow faster because then that other person will tell you, hey, meet this other person. I think he's an interesting person. Sometimes I meet people and I have a conversation. Next thing is like, oh, Ken, I think you should meet this person. They're very interesting. We meet, happens. we start, we do something else. And so <clears throat> if more people had that type of um, fabric of, hey, let me connect you to another person. We're in, we're in this together. Let's keep we're it simple. We're in this together. Yeah. And you know, there's this guy called, uh, again, there's a guy who uh, is, is very famous right now on Twitter and he's... he's uh, the guy who does that that uh, podcast. What's his name? Um, anyway, this is Tim Ferriss. No, no, not Tim Ferriss. So anyway, I forget his name, but he he talks about. Sean Parrish. No, no, no. He, basically, what he talks about is all wealth comes from compounding. All good oh, things. Naval. In Naval. Okay, yeah, you should have just started with Naval. Well, I forgot about it. I Angel forgot his name. Angel based guy. Angel. So Naval everybody, talks about this, but, right? But everybody is like always. I have like a friend who is opposed. He was like, "Hey, he's like tired of hearing all this." Like, oh, Naval said Naval. Naval, Naval is this. He's like, he's, he's, a, he's a guru of Silicon Valley. Yeah, but you know, but anyway, keep I'm it apart. This guy, this guy is on some. It's about the thing about. I mean, that's also um, Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. That's the. Uh, that's their mentality. It's right, about so, compounding. So, right. So the value of compounding over time. Right. But it's not just only on one dimension about money. Relationships. Reid Hoffman talks about that all the time. Relationships. Your reputation. 
right? This is one thing that, and we'll kind of have to close with this. One of the things I learned or experienced when I was in the Bay Area was the power of reputation and the self-cleansing mechanism that is actually in the, in the Bay Area in Silicon Valley. You have to have a good reputation because you don't know if Kenju is going to be at a growth company next year. And Kenju better see me in a good way. And people who are naive to that usually come and throw things about and have this. You end up missing out on opportunity. That's how you miss Now, here is the dynamic. In a fast growth opportunity redistributive situation as an innovation ecosystem, because things are changing so fast, you have to have a good reputation so you can be invited into situations, so you can be, those introductions can be made. Because, you see, it's not a Banam Kuboism situation where you, you've already made it, so you'll always be there. So I'll always have to, you can be an ass, you can be an a-hole, you can be whatever you want to be, but you, you're kind of taken care of. You see what I'm saying? The difference in dynamics. So an innovation ecosystem has this thing. Today you might be, you might be the person who your startup is kind of the darling of, you know what I'm saying? Two years from now, it's Kenju. So Kenju better, so you better be nice to Kenju. You better not just be nice to Kenju. You better be a good person. You better be a high performance, high integrity, high collaboration person. Exactly. We know that, man. That is fun, Mr. Fundamentals. <laughs> and those are our values at Impact yeah. Africa Network. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, man. Any any parting shots for the team, for the for for the audience here. Anything that you want to, you know. I think what I've been thinking about mostly has been on just knowing yourself, um, keeping that um, child mentality where you're curious. I think that's something that we, uh, we lose over time based on experiences that we get. So if you can keep that sparkle, that's a very big thing. The second thing is not like accepting yourself and projecting your authentic self and not letting the world define you. Amen. That Whatever. is something that I feel a lot of us Africans and people like you go into an, another culture and then you get confused, you lose your identity and you're trying to fit into another culture. I say embrace it and educate other people to embrace your culture. So keep your identity, it's very important because it's a part of us and how we were conditioned. So that um, high integrity and you know let's keep executing man I like I like the stories but you know I know a lot of people know I love stories but at the end of the day we gotta execute and have results period yeah because if you don't execute what stories do you have to tell you don't have interesting stuff <laughs> you ain't got shit to talk about right so you gotta be you gotta be as my friend says you gotta be on the battle you gotta be in the battlefield and out there just executing because then you have a lot of battle stories to Amen. talk about that can bless people. Okay. All right, man, that's it for this week. Chinemaji podcast. We'll see you next time. Okay.